0: The Holy Gospel for this the third Sunday in the season of Epiphany is from Mark chapter 1 beginning at verse 14. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired hand and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. In the early 1820s, a young teacher took his first teaching assignment to a one-room schoolhouse in rural Kentucky. The school had students from local pioneer families, and the young teacher was profoundly discouraged. You see, the teacher was from a much more privileged background. And now he was teaching at a school where the students would come without shoes on. Many had only one change of clothes. And personal hygiene was not a priority. At least that was the interpretation of the teacher. When that teacher looked at his students and at his school, all he could see were the limitations, the problems, the hopelessness. We still have one of his letters, which he sent back to his parents on the home plantation. He writes, and I quote, Never have I been so discouraged. I don't know why I am here. Nothing will ever change for these children. They just don't have what it takes to succeed. A little bit later in the letter, he writes, they are unlikely candidates to contribute anything meaningful to the welfare of our society. The young teacher completed his contract and left the school after only one year of service. But we assume that years later, he must have had to eat his words because one of his students One of his students he described as unlikely candidates was a little boy named Abraham Lincoln. The teacher looked at his classroom, saw no potential for his students. Instead, saw only their limitations and their shortcomings. I share this story with you now because Jesus in today's gospel lesson is the exact opposite of that young Kentucky teacher. Jesus, we read, walks along the shore of the Sea of Galilee and observes the fishermen there, hard at work. Their small fishing boats were pulled up on the shore. Those fishing boats, not much larger than today's ski boats. Jesus looked at all of them as the teacher looked at his students. Jesus watched those fishermen as they took the fish out of the nets. Others were folding the sail. Others were doing repairs. None of those men working there had any kind of formal education. Many could not read or write. None were philosophers. None were public speakers. None were rich. None were influential. None had any military experience experience at all. And yet it was through fishermen like Peter, Andrew, James, and John that Jesus would begin building the kingdom of God, which Jesus had said earlier in the gospel was at hand, very close to us. And Jesus did just that. Through these ordinary people, the world would never again be the same. If the young Kentucky teacher had been walking along the Sea of Galilee, he would have seen only incompetent illiterate, blue-collar workers who would not make any kind of contribution to the world. Who would you rather have walked by the computer workstation in your house? Who would you rather have teach your children? Who would you rather follow? Jesus. Jesus could see the amazing potential of those fishermen. And, of course, Jesus sees our amazing potential as well. I hope and I pray, actually, that you have experienced someone in your life who looked at you as Jesus does. Someone who saw your amazing potential. Maybe it was a parent or a coach or a teacher or a friend. That person, that mentor, saw more in you than you often saw in yourself, and it surprised you and gave you strength to do what you didn't think you could. Do you remember when you were ready to give up and that person encouraged you? Do you remember when you thought a new challenge was beyond you and that person inspired you? Do you remember when you needed a word of comfort in your life and that person was by your side offering that word of comfort? Whoever that mentor was in your life, that mentor brought God's spirit to you. Like Jesus speaking to the fishermen, On the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Today, this sermon is meant to be very personal, directed right at you like a laser beam. Of course, I know that, you know, I'm standing here. It seems impersonal when we have to watch through the internet and you're there. But God's Word has no limitations at all. God's Spirit has no limitations at all. And God's Spirit is there, present with you, wherever you are, in your living room, in your den, in your bedroom, wherever you're watching this worship service today. Jesus is present to you. Jesus sees you the way he saw Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And Jesus, Jesus says, I see you. I choose you. I love you. I have given you incredible gifts. Now is the time to use those gifts to build up the kingdom of God right there beginning in your living room. It's time to build the kingdom of God right now during a worldwide pandemic. Yes, now is the time. It is time now to build the kingdom of God when your country is completely divided. There are opportunities abounding. And we we look up from our fish from our Screens, like the fishermen, looked up from their nets, and we blink, and we say, who, me? Aren't you looking for someone else? You must be looking for someone with more clout, more education, better training, more time, or money, greater power. We say, we're nobodies. And we see ourselves as the Kentucky teacher would have seen us. And so we're tempted to pull back, to quit, to let someone else do it. It's a little like the story of Jonah, which many of you know well. God, as you know, saw something in Jonah that Jonah didn't see in himself. God saw Jonah's potential to minister to people that Jonah hated, the people Of Nineveh and what did Jonah do when he was called he basically said no way I can't do that I won't do that so Jonah ran he ran away from God's call got in a boat to get himself as far away from Nineveh as he possibly could that's when the big fish story comes in Jonah was drowning symbolically in the waters of his own failures and fear Have we not all felt like that at times? He was sinking down, down in his own dysfunction. And that's when God scoops him up and sets him on a path to face his hated enemy, to follow his call, to minister to even people that he disliked. The story is really a story of God refusing to give up on Jonah, even when Jonah had given up on himself. God saw Jonah's potential like a good teacher. Like a good teacher, God stayed by his side and empowered Jonah to succeed. Jesus had the same experience. Jesus watched his own disciples run away from him the night before his crucifixion. They were all like Jonah, and yet Jesus never gave up on them. Jesus came back to them at Easter and empowered them to begin building the kingdom of God. And indeed, the world was forever changed by these ordinary people. Those disciples, in the words of the Kentucky teacher, were the most unlikely candidates possible to do anything significant in the world. And yet it was through the unlikely candidates that God always works. Throughout the entire Bible, it's always through unlikely candidates that God works. Do you suppose that you might be, quote, an unlikely candidate through whom God changes the world? Do you suppose that you might be, quote, an unlikely candidate to teach Sunday school or confirmation? Do you suppose you might be an unlikely candidate to change the mood at your work? Do you suppose you might be an unlikely candidate to follow your own heart and your own calling to a new career? Do you suppose you might be an unlikely candidate to begin mending the wounds of racism? Do you suppose you might be an unlikely candidate to reach out to those who are your political opponents? Do you suppose that you might be an unlikely candidate to bring joy to a lonely person, or food to a hungry person, or housing to a homeless person, or peace to a grieving person? Of course, we are all unlikely candidates. Abraham Lincoln was described as an unlikely candidate by his Kentucky school teacher, yet God worked through Lincoln to further the kingdom of God, the kingdom of justice, the community of compassion. You are no less important to the kingdom of God than Abraham Lincoln or Peter, Andrew, James, or John. You are unique in the history of the universe. And you and I, we've been chosen by God. And God blesses us to follow our unique callings to build up the kingdom of God in this world. Amen.